Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all-around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. from Houston, Texas, home to the world's largest medical center. This is Your Health First, the most beneficial health program on radio with Dr. Joe Galati. During the next hour, you'll learn about health, wellness, and the prevention of disease. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, another Sunday evening in Houston, Texas, or anywhere in the country that you're tuning in, and your radio is tuned into Your Health First. Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. That is just one hour a week, but we want to make it as valuable as possible. Now, I have an apology to start off with. We had been promoting Facebook Live tonight. Weeks, I've been talking about this. Tonight is the night of Facebook Live. I get here. I get here early, set it up, hit all the buttons right. Nothing is working. Nothing is working. So for all those that are sitting at home looking and waiting for Facebook Live to start, it's not happening. It's old-fashioned radio. You can't see what we're doing. We've got a, a studio full of people here. But uh, anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. Our website, drjoegalati.com. Sign up for our newsletter. All of our social media is there. And I want to get right to our guest in the studio, no stranger to your health first. And we've been on for 21 years. Dr. Joe Rogers has been on as a guest all those years. He is currently the president and CEO of the famous Texas Heart Institute here in the Texas Medical Center. And we can never have enough heart discussion. Joe, welcome to the program tonight. Joe, thanks very much for having me. Let's see. How about hit your button that says on? Let's see. Let's see. How about that? How about now? Hey, I'll tell you. All kinds of buttons are not working tonight. But anyway, Joe, welcome to the program. And certainly... Cardiac disease, cardiac health is what you have committed your whole life to. But what would you say at 30,000 feet is the general state of wellness with the patients you see and heart disease and all of the downstream complications? Yeah, Joe, you know, I think that that heart disease, as you know, is still the number one killer Mm -hmm. uh, of people, not just in the United States, but worldwide. Right. Worldwide, some of the infectious diseases get close. Mm -hmm. But but so much of this remains preventable. And oftentimes, as you know, in our offices, what we're seeing are people coming in who have let risk factors go for years and decades. And they're coming in with 
with heart disease in my office, liver disease right. in your office. And so much of that's preventable just by managing those risk factors early on. Yeah. We have a little thing going on in our office with, with our team where a new patient will come in and we will, you know, the first question we ask, how long have they known that their liver is not right, whatever shape or form? And it is now 10 years. It is now 20 years. We had a lady last week. 30 years. And so I go in to see the person and I say, nice to meet you. How are you? Thanks for coming. Let me ask you something. You have really known for 30 years. And and literally, they will go through and they'll say, well, my granddaughter is 29 and it was right before she was born. Yeah, 29, 30 years. Yeah, without doubt. So, Joe, what what are the patients getting wrong? In this, where is the disconnect that people come to you with heart disease late, not really too excited about it to to step up and get that care? Yeah, so the challenge is... And this is a challenge. ...that the risk factors are silent. Right. Right? So, So many of them. So people can go with high blood pressure and not feel it, high cholesterol and not feel it. Obviously, if they have a family predisposition Mm -hmm. to heart disease, you don't feel that. And so what happens is that either it's not treated or it's poorly treated, like you said, for years or decades. Right. And by the time they're in my office, oftentimes they have some of the overt signs or symptoms of having heart disease. Yeah. What would you say in your practice or the experience of cardiology in general is the number one thing that is... Neglected. Somebody knows something. They may have been told five, ten years ago, you have a touch of this, or there's something, Bob, we really need to watch that within your heart, cardiovascular system. What do you think that is that just gets overlooked? So I'll refocus this just okay. for one yeah, second, sure. Joe. Smoking. Smoking. And, you know, I mean, I don't know how much more data we possibly can have to to point out the risk that smoking causes in our bodies. Right. Cancer, heart disease, just kind of go down, you know, lung disease. So so it's not um it's not subtle, it's not new information. Right. That 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 smoking is an incredible risk for cardiovascular disease. Yeah. But, but you and I have had a lot of great conversations about this complex of conditions that you and I like to talk about is metabolic syndrome. Yes. And it affects the liver, it affects the heart, but it's this conglomeration of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, trunkal obesity, and diabetes. And that predisposes to significantly to heart disease. And the, there's very concerning data to suggest that the prevalence of that condition is going to rise over the next 40 years. Do do you think that the average person has a sense of, you know, the numbers here, 800,000 heart attacks, 20 million adults with coronary artery disease. That's a huge number. One death every 34 seconds from heart disease. Are people getting that? Or does does that number shock people to the point that oh, I better get, I get better get on this. 
It, uh, it, it, it shocks some people into thinking about it early on. But so many of us tend to ignore it, put it aside, not think about the, the long-term consequences, especially of those risk factors. Right. It, it is. I'm going to ask you a, a question. Do you have an extra 12 minutes? Yes. All right. All right. Everybody in the audience, Dr. Rogers is going to say another 12 minutes. We'll twist his arm. All right. Well, look, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Stay tuned. I'm with Dr. Joe Rogers from Texas Heart Institute. I'll be right back. Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. We are here, and our sole mission is to raise your health IQ one listener at a time every Sunday evening. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com is a website. Check out what we do the other six days of the week. So in the studio tonight is Dr. Joe Rogers with Texas Heart Institute. And we've been talking about heart disease and metabolic syndrome. And Joe, what I want to get to now is Jimi Hendrix is rolling there. Okay. Um, high blood pressure, hypertension. Lots of people have it. Would you say that is a leading risk factor for heart disease? It is, Joe. Unquestionably, um, hypertension can cause a number of, of conditions in the cardiovascular system. It, it predisposes people to getting hardening of the arteries or uh -huh. atherosclerosis or blockages, right. all the same names for the same process. Right. The other things, though, is that it increases patients' risk for having strokes. Mm -hmm. It increases patients' risks for having kidney insufficiency or kidney failure. Um, it's been linked to blindness. It can also cause thickening of the heart muscles so that the heart doesn't relax normally and it mm -hmm. can cause heart failure. Nothing's so, good out of that. Nothing good. No, nothing is good. Now, when you see patients and they come and they have hypertension, again, same thing. Does a red light go off in their head to say, I have to change the way I eat. I have to exercise more. I have to stop smoking lifestyle changes or is it uh, dr rogers give what pill do i need just let's i want a pill yeah joe i think it's a combination of both <clears throat> i mean i think some people actually have a pretty clear understanding that they want to get a handle on it and and take a very proactive preventative approach to their health uh -huh. others take a more lackadaisical approach honestly yeah and i think for most people the first step in this is dietary change. Mm -hmm. And it's really reducing the amount of sodium in one's diet. Right. If we that fails, and it oftentimes does, and it's difficult to follow that kind of a diet, then I think starting with a medicine is the right approach. Yeah. Obesity. We've talked about this a lot. Our practice in liver disease is overwhelmed by fatty liver related to obesity. And there is this shared space between 
cardiac disease and fatty liver and, and, and cirrhosis. How do you approach obesity? What's your, what's your conversation with a patient that is 20, 30 pounds overweight? Yeah. So this is, you know, until recently, we've relied heavily on prescribing diets. Right. And diets are difficult to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some diets that have been shown in clinical trials to be effective. Probably the most effective health, cardiovascular healthy diet in the long run is the Mediterranean diet. Right. But <clears throat> to lose weight, uh, oftentimes a ketogenic kind of diet like Atkins, uh, like keto, uh, right. is very good in the short term to get some weight off. I don't know that those diets are particularly healthy in the long run. And a recent study at the American Heart Association meeting suggested that actually has an adverse effect on serum lipids. So I'm not sure that you want to stay on that diet for a long period of time. Right, right. You may fix one, but you can offset and have a cholesterol or triglyceride problem. Speaking of cholesterol, there are a lot of discussion out there in the lay press. There are commercials on TV about your cholesterol What's, what is your message to everybody tonight on cholesterol? If I had to <clears throat> give you one message, Joe, it would be know your number. Yes. What's your cholesterol? Because you, without that piece of information, you're flying blind on right. an important risk factor for cardiovascular disease. Easy enough to test, done with a blood test. There's actually some laboratories that will do it with a finger stick methodology but it's important to know what your cholesterol is and then be able to have that conversation with either your primary care physician or your cardiologist about whether or not it's in a range that should be treated. Right. Now, it, I, I would think that you get somebody and their cholesterol is a little high. Based on their profile, other diseases or family history, you may say uh, – 90 days, 120 days of weight loss, exercise, cut out the Big Macs, and then come back and see? Or is it medicine right away to get it down? I think it depends upon how high the cholesterol is. If it's very high, I would say unlikely to come down with dietary change, and probably a medicine is a, is a good start for that person. But I think, you know, it, it's a little bit more complicated than this mm-hmm. because— There are some patients, especially young patients, that might have a cholesterol that's a little bit elevated, but they have no other risk factors. And so their risks of having a cardiovascular event are low. So it's really interpreting cholesterol in the context of age, gender, blood pressure, whether or not they're diabetes, diabetic, whether they smoke. And so it's really integrating all of that information. And there's a nice website on the American Heart Association page um, it's the AHA risk calculator where you okay. can go in and plug all of that information in and look at what your risks are of having a cardiovascular event in the next decade. Yeah, very good. Now, the the other part is the medicines, the statins for this. There is a built-in fear with the public that they will come and say, oh, I, I'm not getting on that statin. That stuff is poison. And I would say, well, yes, of course, I wish you didn't have to be on a, a medication, but everything is pointing that you do need to be on it. And especially with the liver, patients that I see that have fatty liver, they're obese, they're pre-diabetic or diabetic, they have high cholesterol, but yet their doctor stopped their statin because of the liver. And I'm saying, uh, go back on it and double it. 
and I'm being a little facetious, but you know, you have to really be therapeutic in treating it. So what's, again, what do you say to everybody that has this fear that their prescription is sitting in their kitchen drawer, not filled? And I don't think it's a class of drugs to be afraid of. Right. Um, you and I both understand that every medicine has the potential to have a side effect. Right. And probably the most common side effects, at least with some of the statins, are muscle discomfort. That's not even a reason that you have to stop the drug. Right. So I think it's it, to be nervous about starting a statin, I think, is premature. Right. And I think the benefits in the clinical trials outweigh the risks of having side effects with all of those drugs. Yeah. And no, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Now, you know, it's, it's interesting. You had said, know your number, know your cholesterol. Well, there are those of us in liver disease that say, know your number, your ALT, which is a liver enzyme. I have had, uh, individuals on the program before know your number, your testosterone. Uh, they want to know your BMI, know your blood sugar. This all points to better understanding of really your own personal dashboard. You know, what's your cholesterol? What's your blood pressure? What's your weight? All these numbers that we're, you'd like to think that everybody is looking for their own dashboard. What, what, do, you, what do you think? And, and really, what are you doing at Texas Heart Institute to, besides the research and the clinical care, that outreach? Yeah, Joe, I mean, I think, we're getting to this point of personalizing medicine, and right. we're empowering patients with knowledge so that they can make good decisions about their health. And I think this is where the, our field needs to go. No longer is this a paternalistic specialty where we tell people exactly what to do. They're shared decision-making mm -hmm. every, with every drug, with every procedure. The patients need to be empowered with enough information to make the right decisions. And so we... We focus uh, heavily in our practice on ensuring that we're giving people that kind of knowledge. We're empowering them with knowledge so that they can make intelligent decisions about their health. Absolutely. That's what you need to do. Well, Joe, thank you for coming in, plus the extra 12 and a half minutes. Joe, thanks very much for having me. All right. I will post information on how to get touch how to get in touch with Dr. Rogers and his team at Texas Heart Institute. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Coming up, a little bit of news. Sally Adams will be back. Stay tuned. More Your Health First tonight. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.